Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm super thrilled that you're here with me today. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today is the very last episode of 2016, and I am, again, so very thankful that you're here with me. Some of you are new, and you've only listened to a few episodes, and some of you have heard every single one that we put out this year in 2016. No matter if this is your first episode, your fifth, or your 121st episode, I'm glad that you're joining us today. This year, the happy hour is full of fabulous guests joining me each week to chat about life. Plus, we had three happy hour live events, and we also had a handful of happy hour on the road events. Next year, we of course have more fabulous guests scheduled for you. We have a few more happy hour live events at my house, and hopefully we're going to get in some more on the road events. One event that is happening very soon is a night where I'm partnering with Polished Austin for a happy hour night. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's right here in Austin. So if you're in Austin or close to Austin, you should check this out. Tickets are available now, and you can head on over to jamieivy.com events for more information. I want to thank one of our sponsors and partners for today's show, and that is the book Out of the Spin Cycle, Devotions to Lighten Your Motherload by Jen Hatmaker. Following Jesus shouldn't just be one more thing on our to-do list, and Jen helps us understand through 40 devotions that creating space and time for focusing on our relationship with God is just as important as making sure our kids eat breakfast and we get them to school on time. Guys, I read this book when it first came out several years ago, and I loved it. Ravel has reissued this book this fall with a brand new cover. It is so perfect for you as a mama to put on your nightstand and read a couple chapters every night before you go to bed or to give that girlfriend as just a gift to say, welcome to 2017. You can find this book online at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. Guys, you're listening to episode number 121 with Erin Lochner. Erin is a blogger and a speaker and a wife and a mama to two, and she is releasing her very first book this January. She's the author of Chasing Slow and founder of Design for Mankind. Erin has been blogging and speaking for more than a decade. Today, we chat about her new book, Chasing Slow, that I read this fall when I was in Mexico. And I even read an excerpt from the book for you all to hear. We also discuss a few things that have been pretty heavy on my heart lately, and that's where I'm struggling with finding approval from so many different things that don't even matter. I love chatting with her, and I know that you're going to love her as well. She is so precious, and I have a feeling that she is just as precious in real life which I hope I get to meet her in real life soon. Guys, if you want to send us a message about anything from the show, we'd love to hear from you. Find us over on Twitter. My handle is at Jamie underscore Ivy and Aaron is at Aaron Lochner. As usual, you can always find me on Instagram, which is my favorite place to hang out. And I'm just at Jamie Ivy over there. Guys, here is my conversation with Aaron. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you. And let me tell you that I have heard your name for a while. Um, and then <laughs> I got your book in the mail. 
and I devoured it in Mexico. And so it is like super exciting for me to chat with you. <gasps> Mexico is the best place to read that book. Mexico is the best place to read that book. It was um, it was great on the on beach. On the beach, yes. Devouring your words about chasing slow as I'm doing nothing on the beach but reading and being slow. Oh, well done. Nice. I know well, Mexico. Thank you. Mexico for me is like a ha- I call it my happy place. Um and I don't know yeah. if you have one of those, but it's just a place where um I don't do anything but read and eat and sleep. Oh, that's my sofa, Jamie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those. You have I've it in your house. That's awesome. You don't have to go I have anywhere. Two. I have two of those, actually. Um, but no, that's okay. So do you go to Mexico all the time, like often? Well, Erin and I try to get away. We we go a handful. I mean, like a year, once a year. Yes. Yes. We try oh, to do that amazing. for sure. Yeah. And so, and he is very kind. He loves me dearly because the beach is not his favorite place. Okay. Is he like a snow mountain person? He is just an anti-sun person. Oh, I can't relate. Yeah, my my husband's the same way. He's ginger, and I I get it. Yeah, so a lot. Of, I mean, almost. I can think of maybe ten minutes that we laid on the beach together for an entire week, because he would be like back in the back in a cabana, like writing or reading, oh and I'm like moving my chair every ten minutes to get the most sun. <gasps> yeah, me too. Also, I feel like um, I don't know if your husband is this way, but Ken is too. He's not even a hyperactive person, but it's like if you make him lay down, he gets all antsy. So like, oh, he can't be, be like, still. you want to go play frisbee? You want to play football? You want to go <laughs> get a drink? You want to? And I'm like, no, I want to sit and read my book. This See, is Aaron, my sofa. Aaron's like that at home. I'm like, hey, let's just sit down and like maybe drink a cup of coffee on the on the front porch after the kids get to school. He's like, man, there's so much to do. I'm like, but just give five minutes. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's okay, like, Okay, well, he needs to read this book. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Which, okay, time out. Congrats on 500,000 downloads. Oh, my gosh. You're so nice. It, um, um, that's amazing. It's It's been such, this this happy hour, It's I say this all the time, it's my most favorite job I've ever had, but it has been such a fun ride. And yes, in November, we had 500,000 downloads. I'm anxious to see what December holds because, um, you know, it's the holidays and people kind of, they kind of forget to listen to things, you know, and it's the end of yeah. the month, whatever. So, but yeah, it's crazy, right? It's it's not crazy to me. I love your podcast. Oh, I love you're it. so kind. You're it's kind. so, um, just, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but it's always good. You're sweet. You yeah. know who I think, are you friends with Haley Morgan? Yeah. I think she's the one that told me about you. I think, maybe. And then is your publisher Zondervan? Yep. I was talking with some Zondervan people um, earlier in the year and they're like, you know who you need to have on your show? We have this book coming out with a girl named Erin Lochner and you would really like her. So (laughs) here we are. And I got your book in the mail. But here's the thing, Erin. Okay, so the book comes out. This show is airing. It's December 28th. Your book comes out. Is it January 17th? Something like that? 10th. But January it's confusing because it's 2017. So I oh, yeah, do exactly true. the same thing. That's true. Yeah. Okay, January 10th. So, you know, yeah. in, I don't know, 13 days it's coming out. But I have a paperback copy. I have an advanced reader copy. But I see online that this book is mm. going to be hardback and beautiful. It's so pretty. I only, And actually, I have, there's like just one copy in existence. No, that's not true. There's maybe like five, but the rest are like still coming. And so I have one of those prized copies and I'm just, I'm like hoarding it. It's so pretty. It's so really it pretty. It feels like a, from what I can imagine, because I have a paperback copy, but what I can imagine this in hardback and in color is that it's going to be a cross between like memoir slash tape coffee table book. 
Yeah, I can't really understand it either. It's, um, it's, and that was really, okay, well, listen, you're writing a book, right? I am, yes. Okay, oh, I can't wait to read that book. Um, How's it going, by the way? It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's like every day I say, I should write a lot of words today. And then I write a little bit of words. And then I mm. think, I really, sh- this is awful. I just, I just read Erin's book. Her book's awesome. What am I doing? You know, you know what I mean? All the things you do. But anyhow. Well, and you have a hard job because you have to read books while you're writing bo- a book. And oh, that, yes. I feel like you just can't do them at the same time because it's you're always, hard. like that stuff gets in. Yes. It's so hard. I was just telling someone the other day, I was like, you know what? I need to quit reading um, nonfiction books while I'm writing, but it's hard because it's part of my job. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, but your book, beautiful. Okay. Yes. Sorry. So, um, it was really hard because listen, the book that I thought I was going to write was about like how slow living was the best way and the way to go. Mm-hmm. And like everybody needs to just slow down their lives and calm down a lot. And which is, it is true a little, but, um, but then what happened was I was, I'm sure you can relate. I started actually writing that book and then, and then it was like, it was hard work and I was really stressed out the whole time. And like life felt really fast because I, um, was getting takeout from my family because I needed to write a couple more mm-hmm. paragraphs. You know, I tried to write the book in six months, which was just problem number one. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I, so I felt really hypocritical and I'm like, well, you know what? Slow living does not just need to be another standard that we're like benchmarking ourselves mm-hmm. on. Otherwise, otherwise we're chasing slow just as fast as we're chasing fast. Yeah. And um, where is that going to end up? You know what I mean? So it, yeah. so when I was thinking about the format, I thought it was going to be this gorgeous, like, coffee table slowing. And then it just felt completely unrelatable because I'm like, well, this doesn't feel my like my life anymore. So there is some pretty to it. Yeah. But the words, I think, are raw enough to balance it, hopefully. It's so true. You know, even when you were just talking about that, I was skimming through your book this morning about things that I had underlined. And one of the things here is what you wrote. You said, I do not yet realize that without grace, pursuing the slow life is just as exhausting as pursuing the pursuing the fast one. Without grace, minimalism is another metric for perfection. Mm, yeah. And I thought yes. I was like so thankful to read that. You know, it's I mean, when you write that, we're already halfway into the book, you know. And I was yes. like thankful when I read that because I thought slowing down is what it's it's a concept that we all want, right? We're all like, man, December. And I even said that at the beginning of December. I'm like, I'm not going to live a fast December. I'm going to live a slow December. Um, and, you know, we're recording this on December 1st. So it is to, it's yet to be determined how I lived. But my thought process when I was reading this was when I read that paragraph, I was like, I'm so thankful for that because there's we need grace in our life when we're choosing to slow down as well. We do. Because, you know what, I think I think there's a fine line between changing our life and manipulating our life. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're so, as a culture, it, we're so obsessed with with making these grand life sweeping changes. Like, mm-hmm. hello, KonMari. You know what I mean? I mean, we just think, okay, well, if we just get our wardrobe 100% cleaned out and take away everything that doesn't spark joy, which, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, my dog dish doesn't right. spark joy necessarily, yeah. but I gotta mm-hmm. have a dog dish. And I just... um I think it's a dangerous place and in it because it feels like you're still like that elusive happiness is is just around the corner. And I, I also really firmly believe that um, trying I, I think we have two options. We can try to change our life or we can try to allow life to change us. And I would really 
frankly, rather, rather do the latter. I want to learn from my life. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I want to let it shape me and not, not in a way that I succumb to the pressures of the world, but in a way that at the end, I've learned something rather than just fighting it, you know? Yeah. You talk about like with like one thing you talk about with motherhood too, when motherhood hit you for the first time, I mean, how old is B? Four? Uh, yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half. So when motherhood hit you for the first time, you talk about that as well as like feeling like everything's out of control. And so that the chaos actually, you just had to surrender to it, but it didn't mean you were losing control. Yes. The opposite of control. I always thought was chaos. Like, Yes, but, but you it's found surrender. Right. Yeah, that's the opposite. And it's a great place to be because it it's totally a mindset shift and that you um there are a lot of lies that you just refuse to believe. One of which is that um what I do today is dictating the entire trajectory of my life because I I don't know that that's true either. I think we need to make good decisions and we need to practice self-control and gentleness and kindness to ourselves. Yes, but um, but at, at the end of the day, are we becoming so focused on, um, changing our lives and changing our surroundings that, that we're missing, um, the lessons that are kind of seeping in there when things kind of go insane, mm-hmm. like when, when our babies are freaking out, we did, we just adopted a newborn mm-hmm. and, um, we had to, we had just turned in our paperwork and we, and we got the call that there was a baby, a safe haven baby for us. And so we were completely ill-prepared. We thought it was going to be a good, you know, two to four year wait. Mm -hmm. And, um, then boom, overnight baby. And it was one of those, it was the first time that I felt, wow, writing this book really did actually change me because Mm -hmm. I embraced it instead of totally freaked out. I freaked out also for sure. Sure. Right. But there was, there was a little bit of, and part of that is second baby, but there Mm -hmm. was a little bit of like, "Mm, I'm going to learn from this. This is going to be amazing. And this Mm -hmm. actually isn't even about me. I mean, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're going to learn. And here we go. You know, I was thinking when I think about these conversations and I feel like I have these conversations a lot with women and I always wonder to myself, did my mom have these conversations with her girlfriends? Right. You know what I mean? Like, was there always this constant need of I'm going to slow down this month or I'm going to I'm going to pull back or I'm going to do more or I'm going to or these conversations. And sometimes I think to myself that if I lived in a world where there was and and I social media is amazing. Hello. Half my my job is built on it. So I'm no Mm -hmm. by means no means bashing social media. But for some reason, I think that social media kind of adds to the well, she's slowing down and that must bring her happiness. So I, mm-hmm. I think I need to do that. Or she's doing this and she looks really happy. Maybe that's what's going to do it for me. It's kind of like what you're saying, like always looking for that thing to make us happy and fulfill us. But sometimes yeah. it's it's not, it's not really there. No, it's like there. It's like you think there's a secret that everybody else knows that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody has their stuff together, which really no one has together. We know that by now. But, you know, I think... I think our moms were probably just busy actually doing things with their hand. Their hands were full, you know, know. they weren't, they weren't scrolling and like thumbing mindlessly through Mm -hmm. like this stuff. They Mm -hmm. were doing stuff. And I think that's the big difference. I feel like we are kind of an observational culture and our parents' generation, they were participatory culture. You know, Mm -hmm. they were like, there was no other option yeah. to get it done. Right. And you actually didn't know what the mom um, in Minnesota was doing. 
if Which you live in Texas. Which so healthy. You know like, what I mean? Like you just didn't know? know. I didn't know that. And so yeah. I, I think about that sometimes and I think, am I contributing to this? Like, you know, am I, um, am I breeding this for other people by letting people into my life? You know what I'm saying? It's just, there's this mm-hmm. tension there of I'm letting you into my world because I do a lot of my work on social media and with my podcast and all kinds of stuff. I let you into my world, but am I creating a breeding ground for you thinking that my world is awesome? I have it all put together when that's not true yeah. at all. I know. It's I the know, opposite I from know. true. <laughs> like, and I hope that also that I'm honest. I know I'm honest on my show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Instagram is just, oh, this seems like a happy moment. I'll tell you about it. I don't mm-hmm. tell you about when I screamed at my kids last night. Uh-huh. That's not on Instagram. Right. You know, I think I am completely tracking with you. And I think that's the hardest part of this job is you mm-hmm. want to be a good steward of it and you want to be honest. And um, at the same time, I am not a person that um, I'd, I'm not, well, I don't know. I feel like I have a weird job for my personality because I'm very private, but, and I also don't, give weight to negativity ever in my real life. I'm such a, I'm such a pacifist and kind of almost to the point where I ignore problems of any sort. <laughs> You're know, like, if I don't think about it, it doesn't really exist. I, it's incredibly unhealthy, <laughs> um, but it's the reality that I live in. And my husband is always like, yeah, this isn't, this is like past the point of optimism. This is just a total denial. Right. Um, which whatever it's me. But, um, I think about that a lot because I always think about, um, I always go back to Adam and Eve and how just they bought into the lie that more knowledge would somehow be better than what they had. Um, right. And the knowledge of good and evil would be a trade off. And I think that's what we do when we're following the mom in Minnesota and when mm-hmm. we're following. And, and it's not, I think it takes, a, I'm not saying it's bad, but I think it takes a lot of responsibility and a lot of mind checks. Like, um, I really don't need to know what you're doing in Minnesota. And for that, I mean, really, I'm pretty anti, this is terrible. I'm, I am, I am a little, um, jaded by the internet in that way. And I put a ton of limits on it. I'm mm-hmm. just not on, I'm not online often. What I limits like I want do you put? Other I know. Like, tell us what limits you put. Well, so I used to just compartmentalize it where I would, um, this was before the newborn came, but, mm-hmm. um, my husband works from home also. So I would sneak out of the house at like four 30 in the morning. My friends own this cute little coffee shop and they give me the keys. And so I open it and start the call co- the coffees. And, um, that's and something go, that only happens in a small town. You live in a small right? town, right? I, yes. I totally live in a small <laughs> town. It's the best. And, um, yeah, it's the, I, I just sit in the corner table and I write and that is my internet place. It's almost like I pretend I don't have internet at home at all mm. because then when I'm home, then I take like, so I'll do that from like five to 9am mm-hmm. and then I'll take a yoga break and then I go home and I'm a mom for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I will check. I mean, I'll like Google a recipe and stuff, but for me, I have to be in the right frame of mind to receive the internet. And I almost never am at home when mm-hmm. I'm home. I'm home. I just yeah. want to be like with my people. Mm-hmm. I don't is, really care what you're doing, <laughs> which is great. Which is so mean. No, it's well, not. It's not mean. It's, it's great. It's how we used to live, Erin. You're like living how we lived when we were in 1996, when I was in high school. I didn't know what anybody else in high school was doing except for my friends at my school. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, like, I didn't know what anyone did with their day. Totally. Which, why was that bad? I mean, because then I feel like, and I feel like there's a fine line. You don't want to live in your own bubble. But I also feel like there is a there is something that happens when you are getting the information that you're not um, prepared for and ready for, that your heart 
the soil, I think, in your soul is has not been properly mm-hmm. tilled to receive. And um, and it feels very unorganic to me to just be like receiving these fire hoses of information on Twitter or right. at, at, from all of these opinions all over the world that we're not really planted in either. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I think like I've been thinking a lot about social media lately. I'm about to like make some changes on Facebook. And so it's all in like on my brain. That's why I love these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also always come back to you know, social media. It's not inherently bad. Um, it's not no. going anywhere. It actually helps me out a lot in my work. So for me, it's a constant thing of I have to, it's a discipline that I didn't have to work on, you know, 12 years ago. And so it's this new discipline um, mm-hmm. that I think we have to work on and have to work on in our own personal lives. And so some days I do awesome at it. Um, other days I fail miserably, you know, so I'm just kind of like, we're all trying to like find our little way and what works for us. Um, but I, I tell you what is a good like marker for me. If my mood alters or changes either a lot, either way, awesome or bad, based on um, what I'm reading online, particularly about myself, you know, yeah, that's when I know I think we need to step back because whatever these people are saying about you, if they're saying amazing things or they're saying we hate you, like they're not the determiner of who you are. You know what I mean? That's a wonderful gauge. Yeah. And so, yes, because I struggle with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think everyone does. And yeah. I think that's, that's such a clear sign that you're placing your identity in some form in those voices. Oh, completely. And, that, and you can't control those voices. So that essentially you're saying, here you go. Here's mm-hmm. my self-worth. Yes. Please be gentle. But yes. of course you're not going to be. Right. You know, like, or, or, or please tell me awesome things. You know, like, why yeah. do I need that from a stranger online? That's And I had a real, I don't know if you've had these moments, but I had a conversation with my husband the other day, the other day in the kitchen. Um, I could cry about it right now because it was one of those moments that I think I'll never forget because I was talking to him about something and I was, I was frustrated about something that someone had said about me, uh, to me. And he looked at me and it, and he, it's almost like he grabbed my arms. I don't think he really did, but I felt like that. Like, you know, like look at me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. And he said, Jamie, I've been noticing something about you lately is that you're looking for approval from a lot of people that don't matter. Mm. And I just stood there. Like, I didn't say anything. My eyes, you know, when your eyes, they, like the tears just like, That's they like just show up. my eyes water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They just show up and it's like, they don't know if they could, they should fall out or just stay there. And I'm just looking at him Aww. and he's saying this to me and he's like, well, you're not saying anything. And I'm like, I don't have anything to say because I'm not going to argue with you. If you see this in me, then I'm not going to say, I don't believe you, but it's hard to hear. And I just yeah. remember thinking like a day later, at first I was kind of a little bit mad. And then a day later I mm. thought. He's so right. Like, he's so right. And he's been seeing this in me and no one has said anything. And here I am just like gaining approval left and right from people who don't matter. Mm. Oh, Um, man. It it was it was a hard conversation, but it's one I'll never forget. Well, and you received that really well. I'm I totally I do the same. And like, um, I'm not saying I do the same and that I receive it well, but it takes me about a day. Yes. Or sometimes two days. Yeah. Not much longer, but to be able to be like, ah, shoot, he was I right. Know, and know. now I'm just at the point where I'm just skipping to the he was right part because he's always right, which is and so it's frustrating. Like for someone that's so close to you and that you live with and they see you and they, they love you and they're for you and they believe in you, you know, like he's my biggest mm-hmm. fan. So why is he going to lie to me? I um, know. It just uh, felt like, oh, and I think it was like the Holy Spirit, like he's right. Like this is true. This, what a good word. Oh, it was so good. But- so I've been like sitting in that a lot, you know, of like, man, where do, where am I finding my approval? Because my 
you and I both have jobs um, mm-hmm. that kind of depend on people not liking us, if that is a weird way to say, but buying books, listening to podcasts. You know what I mean? It's it's this yeah. weird world. Um, so I just want to be authentic and real and say, my approval doesn't come from anybody but God. So there. Uh-huh. And I think you have a great balance in that one of the first things you said was that you were so grateful for it. I have been to the place where mm. I can't even admit the, admit the gratitude in it, which is so sad because it is. It's my job. And I actually love it. I have the coolest I hate calling them readers, but like, you know, there are all those catchphrases of what to call the people yes. that like log on to your blog, whatever, but they're the coolest people. Mm-hmm. And I love their advice and wisdom. And I feel like they're mentors to me. And I just, it's a special place. It's a really special place. And I, and sometimes I get to the point where I can't even be grateful for that. And then it's like, oh, okay, I gotta, mm. I gotta like reassess and I've reassessed probably a hundred million times. I will again. A hundred million times. Um, So have you worked out your Facebook strategy? Uh, Yes, I am. Maybe you can help with this. I'm going to get rid of my, um, like my Jamie Ivy, here's a person you find. Like, I don't even know what to call that. Like, because I'm capped at the front. Like, this is so weird. This is an off, this is an awkward conversation. I'm capped at the friends. Does that make sense? So I have a page. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, I don't know these people. Like, you know what I mean? But I have a page and I'm just going to go to that. Because it'll keep yeah. me from like endless scrolling of uh-huh. reading people's things. That I don't even know these people. And so that to me is where I just am like, I just wasted 25 minutes yeah. reading yeah. about someone's Christmas tree. I, I've never met this person. <laughs> I don't know them. You know what I mean? Like it just uh-huh. feels like empty. It feels empty. Um, I love, I love, you know, I quit Facebook about five Totally, years completely. Oh, yeah. Well, person, like I have no personal page. I That's what I mean. Page. That's what I'm about to do. Okay. Smart. And my business page is kind of a cop out. I mean, it is what it is, whatever. So it's why'd not... you quit? Um, you know, I found myself um, buying a lot of things I didn't need. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I was, I, it was information I didn't want to receive. There was mm-hmm. a lot of scrolling, a lot of time wasting. I think for the reason that everybody does. Also, I had a weird, like, privacy encounter where it long story I I felt unsafe and oh it. really so uh-huh I did and like someone that was we stalking you um yeah oh my and gosh so that's something that we like I feel like people don't think about but we don't like share our kids real names online we don't share mm. their faces much I feel like we don't really show close-ups where you can see like like we're very choosy about yeah. the photos um because yeah I'm like well you know I I guess, I guess we're not a hundred percent safe That's all the so time, crazy. which we think. So the name that you write of your daughter in the book is not her real name. Um, no, it no, yeah, it's oh, not. Wow. It's nickname. I know. And the name, that, know. and the name you told me your son is not his real name. No, liar. Yeah, well, I, I mean, love both of them. It is so nickname. I'm both just saying, nicknames. like, I love those names. Oh yeah, they're great names. Um, and they're nicknames and they mm-hmm. mean something yeah. but it's something like our kids would never really re- like if someone else were to call them those names they, they would, would not be like oh, red flag <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, funny yeah yeah, yeah well, it's good just for you something. and I have well, a lot of people who have kind of encountered and walked that road as well um and I think all of us think oh that just doesn't really happen to real people and then you tell me yes it does it's so weird. Yeah, it's unsettling. Um it's crazy. And I get it. We feel like we know people. Yes. We really do. Yeah. You know, like we feel like I feel like I know everything about you. 
Well, and, and that's what people say to me all the time. They're like, it's weird that I feel like I know you. And I'm like, okay, it's not weird because I say it out loud for thousands of people to listen to. So I'm welcoming you in. But I think people also have to remember whatever you know about someone from online is only what they want you to know about them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I say that all the time. There's so much that you don't know about me um, unless you're like you live with you're in my life every day. You know, we have lunch together. You know what I mean? Um, yes. There's that thing to internet. Myself, I think we're drawn to the kind of people as well that we like. I, I tend to not follow people online if I've never met them in real life, which I just was talking to a girlfriend and she's like, well, that's weird, but I don't know. I think it's just that I want, maybe it's that I feel like I'm very guarded and Mm -hmm. two-dimensional online. And so I tend to assume that everyone else is. And so I, I don't know. Well, it it also goes back to what you said earlier about what are you bringing in? You know, like, is it, is it, is it material that you don't need to be investing and, and like ingesting every day? And so yeah, it's a good thing to think about, you know? Hey guys, before we get back to my conversation with Aaron, I want to thank our partner for today's show, and that is Africa New Life Ministries. Africa New Life Ministries exists to help children escape the cycle of poverty in Rwanda. Did you know that 38% of Rwandan children suffer from malnutrition? That is crazy. The key to this intervention is to making sure that children receive the food that they need to succeed. Consistent, nutritious food is vital for children to not only have healthy bodies, but to also learn, grow, and thrive. Food is the first essential in establishing stability. Children in Rwanda who know hunger, they understand that food is a difference between life and death, but they also notice small things about food that we take for granted. Food gives you energy to learn and to pray in school. You can climb trees and play soccer. You can fetch water, but without food, none of this is possible. Guys, you could partner with Africa New Life to help them get food into these Rwandan children. Go to foodisrwanda.org and for 83 cents a meal, you can provide the gift of food for these children. Again, it's foodisrwanda.org. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Aaron. Okay, can I read a part of your book out loud? Oh, all the yeah. Listeners? Um, yeah. This is my favorite thing to do when I have a book that I absolutely adore, and yours I do. And so Aww. this was one of my favorite little pieces that you wrote in here. And first, I just want to tell you, um, I really like your writing style. So... Thank I really, you. really like it. I like um, the short chapters, the way that you describe stuff, the way that you um, go back and forth in a story between dis- different pieces of your life. I just loved it. So I'm a fan. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to read this. Are you ready? Yes. But I'm going to come to you when I don't know how to say a certain word. So here okay. we go. <laughs> I already read part of it, but it says this. I do, I do not yet realize that without grace, pursuing the slow life is just as exhausting as pursuing the fast one. Without grace, minimalism is another metric for perfection. Chasing slow is still a chase. My friend Mai once told me about, what is it? Oh, kintsugi. Kintsugi, a Japanese tradition in which pottery is repaired with a metallic-infused liquette. Kintsugi means to patch with gold in this technique. The potter mends a bowl in delicate, sweeping strokes, taking no care to hide the crack. There are no clear coats. There is no blending. There is no attempt at concealing what has occurred. Instead, the crack is illuminated with gold, with respect, with observance. And then it is pieced together, not to be made new, but to be changed. The break itself is the beauty. The crack is worthy of gold. Can you imagine? Kintsugi celebrates failures in a way I am still learning to do, in a way I am only beginning to understand. Before failure, we are but bowls. But after failure, after the bad day, the lunchroom, the fight with your husband, the spinach in your teeth, we have been changed. 
we have a gilded scar to prove it. Isn't it beautiful? Doesn't it shine? Our culture is prone to concealing what is. We applaud women for making a speedy return to pre-pregnancy genes after giving birth. We cover evidence of teenage acne with a $34 BB cream. We have become expert under-the-rug sweepers in marriage and in work and parenting and in life. Under-the-rug sweeping is the default. Um, and then you go on and you talk about um, how this, she talks to you about how we are, you know, the crack shows and that's what it is. And I read that and um, it was beautiful because it made me think about things in my life that have been quote unquote failures or brokenness and the scars that they have and how so many times I wish that I could just show perfection. And instead I have the scar or I have this thing I've walked through. And instead, let's show who we became because of that. That's what it made me think of. And I just love that you put that in there. Thank you. I am, I, it's such a beautiful, uh, tangible metaphor for me. And I have the, I have that bowl that is pictured in the book. Um, and it's in my entryway, just as a reminder to also accept the cracks in other people, Mm -hmm. like, because not everybody is skilled at hiding them Mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I have come to think of it as the people with more cracks on the surface are actually probably a little further along in their journey than I am because Mm -hmm. they've, they've accepted it or, um, they just maybe are, are not ashamed anymore. And Mm -hmm. so they're, they're not pretending. Um, and I always think, I think the, the reason that it was so hard for me to accept failure is because I, it felt like, so, um, contradictory to everything that I believe, you know, I believe in striving and I believe, I believe in betterment and, and at, at the same time, learning that everyone else is just a ball of contradictions as well was mm. so freeing for me because mm-hmm. then I could be one too, you know, I yeah. can, I can be one too, because it's, it, that is just the standard at this point. We just are fallen people. Right. And don't you feel like when you meet someone and, you know, using this, you know, analogy with the bowl and you meet this bowl of a person and you can actually see the brokenness in them um, and they're not hiding it, but they're not, they're also not ashamed of it. um, Don't you feel as though you think I can connect with this person in a way that's a little bit easier because she wears her brokenness in a way that I'm still learning to do? Yeah. Yes. And it's not um, that that person isn't strong enough or that they're like mm-hmm. complaining or they're negative or whatever. I just um, met a girlfriend for coffee and um, our kids were running around and it was it whatever. And she's, it was the typical, like, how you doing thing. She's like, I'm weary. Mm-hmm. And that was her response. I'm weary. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, amen. Somebody said it. Who isn't weary? Right. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. But not, mm-hmm. I hope that you're not. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's funny just that how we, and I always wonder if, I mean, we are literally filtering our pictures for other people to see, like, what is that doing to our brains? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's, something's happening there. I know. I thought about that the other day. I thought about when I started um, on Instagram and like seven people were my friends that were following me, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was like this scrapbook of my family. And everything cute thing my kids did, I put up because I was going to make a book and it was just for me. And then, you know, thousands of followers later, I think about mm-hmm. every single picture I put up is, will these thousands of people like this? And I thought to myself, I thought, who am I taking these pictures for? Like, oh, th- totally. this, this kind of happened along the same time as Aaron grabbed my shoulder. I mean, a lot, of, you can tell what I'm working through in my life right now. And I just thought, who am I taking these pictures for? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was then that I thought, I'm going to start taking these pictures again for me. Like, that's what that's who I want to take these pictures for, for me. Um, but yeah, we, this is just, this is a part of our life. I remember speaking of brokenness. Uh, this is an example that you shared about your friend being weary. This is an example of uh, we were having dinner with some new friends and um, we were enjoying a glass of wine. And I said, hey, would you do you not like wine? Is that not why you're having any? We were at a dinner at a nice restaurant. And she said, oh, I'm an alcoholic. And I thought, oh, wow. Like that was she's like she didn't have to say that. Right. She could just said, no, I'm good. Totally. Um, but she just like laid it all out on the table. Um, and she wasn't uh, she wasn't ashamed. She wasn't embarrassed. She was just matter of factly here's one of my brokenness and here's, mm-hmm. and then we got to talk about it and all that God's doing in her life in spite and because, and through her brokenness. And I just thought that is how I want to be like, Oh, I'm weary, you know, with no explanation necessary. You know what right. I mean? Like, no, just this, this is what is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's the crack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just call it gold. <laughs> yes. You know? Like I just, I am. That's the part and- that too. That's so beautiful is they paint it gold. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like it I love it mm. because um it's a part of our story now. Yeah. And we're all broken people. I mean, we start we enter this world as broken people. We're broken yep. people. We all need Jesus, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um and so let's just call it what it is. I'm broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're yes. broken. Everything's broken. broken. Um okay, Aaron, new baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so, so cute. It's a four and a half year old and they're like two month old. Is that what you're dealing with? He is, um, he's four and a half months old, same birthday, well, okay. same birthday-ish, um, two days apart, but yeah, um, he's four and a half months old, he's teething, I have literally, I do, I don't sleep anymore, it's crazy, there's so much coffee in this house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you guys, okay, so we had our first child was biological, and then our second child joined our family through adoption, like yours, um, did you nurse your first child? Your daughter? I did. Okay, so me too, I nursed my first child, and so then our second child comes along, and all of a sudden I'm like hey, we both get to feed this baby in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. This is awesome. So I remember that was one of my most favorite things. And I was like, and we, I remember us playing rock, paper, scissors in the middle of the night of who's getting up, who's doing this. Whereas mm-hmm. first baby, you know, it's on me, right? I'm the one with the milk. Um, so how has second Dude. baby besides bottles been different? Oh, it's, well, it's just, um, and I, I have a theory that, um, if you think your first kid was hard, your second kid's easy. If you think your first just kid the was easy, your second kid's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought my first baby was so hard because she was breaking me down. Really, yeah. she had to break down a lot of selfishness in uh-huh. me. For you know, I mean, uh-huh. I had to make room. Yeah. And so, um, this is not that. He's also super dreamboat. He laughs and smiles literally all day long, even when he wakes you up in the middle of the night. Like, because he's teething, Aww. he's like laughing at you. It's the sweetest. So you like, can't be you mad can't at him, be right? Mad or like, frustrated because he's just so dang cute. He's and so happy. Yeah. yeah, he's the sweetest boy. So, um, anyway, I I love that. Um, it's just things feel more family unit oriented. Like it's not just um, two parents and a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter is super obsessed with him and is just going with the flow in a really great way. Um, I love that I don't have to wear nursing clothes. I love (laughs) that, um, that it's so much easier to pass him around. He feels like more of a community baby. We did the whole attachment nesting thing too. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. um, we were pretty stern on that. Like we're still at that phase where nobody else can feed him or change yeah. him or meet mm-hmm. any of his basic needs. Right. But other than that, like he just, 
is held 24 seven by someone. (laughs) He's just a community baby. It's been, um, it's been awesome. And also I feel like he was such, um, I didn't have time to over prepare. He was such a surprise that Mm -hmm. I didn't spend like nine months ruminating about how life was going to change. And so he's just, if, if, if it makes sense, I'm not keeping track of him. I'm not like like measuring mm. him like I did with my first or yeah. measuring myself uh-huh. by what he's doing. It's a total, I feel like this separation that exists between me as a person and me as a mother and me as his mother. And it's, it's, it's feels so much healthier than when I was so wrapped up in how am I doing? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? So Which what was changed this time? I mean, I think I just know that I'm not going to do it right. You're changed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm 100% changed. And there's no, there's none of the like postpartum hormones. That's Mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, I'm not freaking out all the time. There's also just that second child thing where you're like, I I know that this is going to be okay. I know that you kind of know what's ahead. Whereas with your first kid, you're just kind of thrown in with the waltz. You really are. Yeah. yeah. And you are constantly like, I feel like I was always watching the clock, like for something, three hour feedings or mm-hmm. two hour naps, or when is this season over? I hate it. Like yeah. it, there were parts of it that I just did not love at mm-hmm. all. Or what are they supposed to be doing now? Oh my gosh, she's not doing this. And th- exactly. da, da, you know, that's really hard with your first kid. Really it was. hard. Yes. It was. Yes. I was so prone to that. Like, um, because really you're measuring your child's progress to measure your own. And exactly. so I just wanted to make sure I was doing a good job, which <sighs> I wasn't <laughs> when I, when I was um, freaking out all the time. So <sighs> isn't whatever. it funny how much unknown pressure we put on our kids? Like not yeah. really pressure, but we're putting pressure on them to be something so that we are something in a weird exactly. way. Exactly. So we feel better. Yeah, like I'm a good I'm a good mom if this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. it's usually standards that don't matter, and that some of them we can't ever meet. You know. And you know, I remember um, my husband travels away for work. Actually, both of us do. We we kind of do single parenting a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is, has been a really great balance for us, actually. But um, I remember when B was like two and a half in in that hard stage, and. He called, we usually, we don't check in when the other one's out of town because it's just we're easier. We're like that too. We just, it's yeah. It's so much easier because we're it's gone like, I and can't really help you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but he checked in for a question and he was just like, well, how's your day? Whatever. And I immediately went into like, oh, well, B did this and then she did this. And then I just, oh, it was just like the worst day. And he's like, no, but I asked how your day was, not how her day was. Oh. And I'm like, oh, our days are different. Mm. Like her day was different than mine. You know, and and they don't have to be, my day doesn't have to be dependent on her behavior. My attitude doesn't have to be dependent on her attitude. And it was so illuminating for me to see that. And I've, I've kind of parented from a different place every, like ever since I would say that was a, that was a big shift for me. That's really good. Even for me parenting an 11 year old, like I've Aaron's out of town this week and we've had a hard week with one of our kids. And what you just said, a light bulb just went off the, I, my day and mood has been determined by his yeah which not, I mean they, they free. there is some truth in that sometimes but also I'm letting everything determine on that yes okay I'm gonna think on that today Erin uh, do it I mean they can't even like make their own dinner we can't let them dictate <laughs> our life <laughs> Just right kidding. right but um 
It's true. Yeah. It was a really beautiful realization for me. Okay, and it's, and so it's good. a work in progress. It's really hard to, to change your mind and to just choose your attitude regardless of your circumstance, but it's been, it's daily. It's yeah, been a good test. That's good. That's good. Um, Aaron, what are three things you're loving these days? Oh my gosh, Jamie, listen. So I knew you were going to ask me this and then Woo. I was in the shower thinking about it and I only, I literally came up with, I, I you came, came up, up with couple. everything that's in your shower. Like that's where you were. So you're like, <laughs> totally. I love this new shampoo. And- uh-huh. Well, okay. So um, it's December and we always burn Mrs. Meyer um, Iowa pine scent candle. Okay. Do you know that candle? No. Okay. Well, so I what don't. What is Iowa pine? It's just like this Iowa pine scent. It's and Christmassy. it's Mrs. Meyer brand. It's, it's, is it what? It's Christmassy. Is that like? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But it's like not christmas tree-ish it just and it doesn't overpower it doesn't give you a headache it's a soy candle it's a target just mm-hmm. and i actually i get mine online because i'm lazy i don't yes. shop in real life ever i don't either um, no good thing why why would you do that to yourself because i spend more money too when i shop in line uh-huh. i mean like in person in, in real life yeah Me in real too. Life. yeah so i can't remember the last time i've actually stepped foot in a target mm-hmm. so um that's one thing um candied pecans we've been making a lot lately oh you make um, them Oh, I make mine on a skillet because I'm even too lazy for like the pan washing. So I just, um, I toast them on a skillet and then I add like a vanilla bean ghee uh-huh. to it. And then, or G, I don't know how you pronounce that. I always and say ghee. Thank, I do too. But I don't and know. I went to India and they're like, it's G, but I didn't know if that was a loss in translation or whatever. Anyway, right. Yeah. Um, then I add like after like the ghee, then I put in uh, maple syrup, like a ton of it. And then some like cinnamon or ginger or cloves or whatever I feel like. I mean, I'm not a recipe person. You don't have this written down anywhere. You just throw it together. I do. Um, and I, it always like has to accompany a certain playlist. I'm weird in the kitchen. This is the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's anything goes. And usually they burn, but then it's more fun when they don't burn because it's like, surprise, this tastes good this time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, Third thing, oh, um, flippers. I am literally, I'm wearing these, um, my grandma passed me down these old Japanese like felt slippers and they don't make your feet smell or at least they, her feet did not smell ever because they don't smell. And these are, this was the pair that she wore? Yeah. So I am. These things have a good lifetime. I'm like, why don't, yeah, why, and why don't they smell? And how don't they have mothballs? Right. I don't understand that. <laughs> right. So they must be magical because they've yes. lasted her for like X amount of years. The and magic slippers. Yeah. So um, I don't know the brand or anything. They're just like a, like a felt wool situation. Um, Do you like to be yeah. barefoot? No, I'm cold all the time. I hate to be barefoot. Like, I think it's gross. Not, not it gross. Is gross. Like people that walk outside barefoot, like on grass or concrete or rocks, it literally, it hurts my skin. Like, I cannot be barefoot. Really? Yeah. It's oh, but like, it feels so good. But it, it is gross feel if you think about me. it. It's not, the, <laughs> it's not, I said gross, but I just really meant like, it makes me feel gross. Like, I, I cannot handle my feet on stuff. Like, that is so funny. I know. And I don't like to be barefoot inside either. Like, I'll either put shoes on because I don't like, Always. or socks. You- socks are fine too. Okay. Um, that's interesting. No, but I don't really wear socks in real life unless I'm wearing tennis shoes. And so I have socks that I just wear around the house. And you wear ten- your socks with your tennis shoes? If I'm at the home, at home, I can just wear socks and I'm fine. I cannot okay. be barefoot. That is so interesting. I know. Me. I don't like that at all. <gasps> huh. I, I love I love barefoot. Yeah, mm. but I, I get cold. So it's like socks. All the oh, time. yeah. Okay. So what are you reading? Um, okay. I am rereading uh, Franny and Zoe Salinger. I love that book. I read it probably every year. 
Oh, I love and, to hear people reread books because I don't ever do that. But oh my gosh, I don't do it often. But I'll do it for like a like a short read. I, uh-huh. I always do it for that one. Or like Mary Oliver, I'll reread. Um, Joan Didion, I am always rereading. I'm so obsessed with her. Which one do you uh, love? Because I've only read one of hers, and I did not. Everyone in my book club loved it except for me. Was it your magical thinking that you read? I think so. Is that the one where she goes through her husband's illness? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a hard one to read. And yeah. I, that's not my favorite either. Um, okay. Maybe I should I try a different one. Do it. Try uh, Blue Nights. Okay. It's equally sad and a little morbid. I'm a morbid person though. I'm not, I'm not against that. I am kind of too sometimes, especially like my friend Noelle makes fun of the books I read. I like to read memoirs, people who've been through like hell and back. And so she's always I like, too. I can't believe you're reading those things. Um, but I like them a lot. I do too. Okay. Blue Nights. Read that one. That was okay. my fave. Um, it's about her daughter. It it's sad as well, okay. but, okay. um, it's just a really beautiful, like mother daughter portrait of mm-hmm. just, um, I think it was really honest scope, okay. um, or as honest as you can be when mm-hmm. you're looking at yourself. Um, and then, okay. I just picked up, um, a mile wide from the mm. library mm-hmm. yesterday. Yes. Good book. I love it. Yeah. I'm only on like chapter two. Good. It's really, it's really, really great. I liked it as well. Yes. Good yeah. stuff. That's awesome. That's it. That's what I'm reading. Do you read um, like just like at home on your couch? Oh, I'm like a nightstand okay, in yeah. bed reader at the end of the night. But lately I just haven't, I mean, I haven't been sleeping, so I'm not in my bed mm, ever. Yeah. So I haven't been reading baby. as much. Yeah, I miss it. But um, if I need to read just one book, what should it be like right now? From me, what am I telling you? Yeah. What should you read? Well, do you like um, fiction books? You need a fiction no. in your life? No, you don't like fiction. Uh-uh, I don't. No, I need like, like give me like a good, you know what I need? I need like a, a short essay based. Did you read She Reads Truth? Oh, yes. Okay. I, I love it. I loved girls. it too. I also read it in Mexico with your book. Um, I loved, that's a, that's a, that's the kind of book I like as well. Like both of y'all wrote like memoir type. Th- that's my favorite kind of book. Me Stories. too. I should reread that one because I think it was in a weird place when I read it. Yeah, that was a good they did a, a great read. job. Super proud of them, you know, uh-huh. like in a weird way. I love them. I know. Yes. Um. Let's see. What else? I'm trying to look through the things that I have read. I'm going to have to just get back with you on that because I'm Do trying it. to think of like short, like memoir type books that are really, really good like that. I already read Falling Free, Shannon Martin, which good. I loved. Yes. Great loved. book. Yes. And uh, Wild in the Hollow. Loved. Good. That was the first episode I ever listened to you oh, was Amber. Amber, yeah. was so sweet. I loved her voice. Did you read Wild and Free? Uh-huh. Love those girls. Okay, so if you like a memoir that's kind of can be sad, I read a book called Rare Bird. Thank you. Yes, I want that. I want to read that. I read it a couple of years ago, and it's it's a hard read. It's it's sad. A mom, she loses a child, which my friend Noelle mm-hmm. is like, I cannot believe you read books like that. Um, but for me, it's something about like seeing someone walk kind of like what we were talking about, walk through that with the suffering and then make it on the other side. And yeah. although they, they, a lot of these people will be like, my life is never the same. And I'm, I'm so sad about this, but like God is still here and he's still good. And you know, he hasn't left uh, us. So, um, oh, I love, okay. Yes. And the perspective that you gain from, from reading about that is, yeah. is I just always feel such a sense of, yeah. Uh, and I think just like the more you surround people with who have been through different circumstances, it starts to not feel so scary and crazy, if that makes sense. It does. I feel yeah. like that with my show. I've interviewed a couple of women who've lost their husbands, and that's like one of my greatest fears. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like now if I talk about it, oh God, I hope that does not happen to me for 50 more years, right? But mm-hmm. I see these women who they survived and, you know, God is still faithful to them. All the, you know what I'm saying? Like I've just seen yes. their stories. So I love a story. Yes. Uh, rare bird. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then 828. Also, that's a good one too. Larissa Murphy wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one too. Okay. Lots of stuff. Um, Erin, so thankful that you came on the happy hour. I love the happy hour. Thank you for having me. You finished out 2016 for me. Oh, I'm so honored. Oh, that's so fun. We'll have to sing all Lang Syne. Just kidding. I don't sing. Ever. I don't sing either, but <laughs> we can pretend and people can act like we are. Okay. Um, I really thank you so much. And I'm so excited about your book coming out January 10th. Yeah. Highly recommend it because it's beautiful. I mean, thank I you. can only imagine how beautiful it's going to be because I have a paperback and it's still beautiful. Um, so excited thank about you. your book coming out. Everyone pre-order it. And I'll tell everyone how they can do that um, in the show notes. So, Erin, have a great day today. You too. Thank you, Jamie. Yay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys. Wasn't that a great chat with Erin? It might have seemed like a small counseling session for me, but gosh, approval is such a hard thing for us women and trying to figure it out and walk through it and stand in our approval from God and God alone. I know that many of you are going to relate to the conversation that we have, and I hope that you're encouraged by it today. Today's show is edited by Logan Garza, and the music is from Jason Poe. Hey, guys, next week is the very first show of 2017. I honestly am really looking forward to 2017, and I know that we're going to have so much fun on the happy hour. You're going to love our first show of the year, so look forward to listening from that. If you haven't subscribed, you're going to want to because you want to get these shows in your device that you listen to podcasts to every time they're available. Super easy to subscribe. Just go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. Okay, guys, enjoy your final days of 2016. Um, I'd love to hear from you if you had a favorite show from this year. Send me a message and let me know. But guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you next time in 2017. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.